Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. Hi, Adam. Hey, I just got a call. We we gotta go. Uh, oh. we, we've been hired oh, uh, to are, rank some comics. We got hired to rank some comics? You know, yeah. some would call that a heroic duty. Yeah, and we, some might call us heroes for hire. So, you know, we really gotta get going here, buddy. I mean, the word hero gets thrown around a lot, but I do think... <laughs> I do think that talking about these comics is is a Herculean task in some ways, and it's one that we are we are well suited uh, to take care of. I am wearing a yellow shirt, so I guess that makes me the power man in this equation. Oh, you know what? I didn't color coordinate this evening. Good thing we're a podcast. I guess I could just say that I'm wearing. Yeah, your bandana looks great. I think, (laughs) Mister Iron Fist. Wait, who am I? Wait, who's who's Luke Cage and who's Iron Fist? I'm wearing the yellow shirt, so I get to be Luke Cage. Did you tattoo your chest? Do you know the difference between Luke Cage and Iron Fist? Because Luke Cage does not have a chest tattoo. Luke Cage cannot be shot by bullets, so I don't think he can get tattoos. No, that's true. Yeah. No, that's You you confused Power Man and Iron Fist, didn't you? Maybe I did. But I, I know the difference. Yeah, one of them... Actually, they're both great. Here's the thing: I love Power <laughs> Man and Iron Fist. I think they, I think they are some of the best characters to not actually have a huge number of good pieces of media about them. <laughs> they're a lot uh, of fun, and I love it when they pop up in stories. And that that I love the and, Daughters of the Dragon too. They're great, also. Yeah, and that's that's what our episode's about this week. Is uh, Do you know who's you, not great? Who who's not? so great whatever their names were the sons of the tiger or whatever uh sons of the tiger who was that hold on uh so you know you know the marvel character white tiger from the game uh marvel snap yes uh well white tiger is a legacy character which you would know if you paid attention to i don't know a lot of comics over time hector ayala was the original white tiger in the marvel universe He was a 70s character that first appeared in Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Nice. Uh, And he was part of a team with his, yeah, called, yeah, the Sons of the Tiger. That was him. And then there's a guy named Bob Diamond who was like a freaking Chuck Norris type. Not, not Jack of Diamonds. No, his name's Bob Diamond. Bob Diamond sounds like a a jewelry salesman. (laughs) (laughs) he has bob diamond has won at least two academy awards wow good for bob good for bob anyway he has 58 appearances in comics that i have not and will not read this is the first time hearing of bob diamond and now i'm very curious he's one of the sons of the tiger they're the they're the uh they're the counterpart of the daughters of the dragons which is funny because the daughters of the dragon already have counterparts it's Power Man and Iron Fist who are good, actually. Yeah, it, it, that tracks. Um, there, there really is no need for two male counterparts to uh, the Daughters of the Dragon. But, you know, what? it's, it's comics, I guess you need in, in a book like uh, Deadly Hand of Kung Fu. I guess you need more people that do Kung Fu, including Academy Award winning Bob Diamond. Uh, you already had Shang-Chi. That's true, but I'm sure Shang-Chi has to punch some people occasionally, correct? No, th- these were like, these were like, uh, allies. Yeah, kind of, I guess. I don't know. Again, I'm not going to go back and read Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. I'm really sorry, folks. <laughs> Even I bet, Bruce I Lee needs to kick the crap out of Chuck Norris occasionally. You know what I mean? Like He really just... does too. Chuck, you need to, remember when Chuck Norris memes were a big thing back uh-huh. in the before times? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. While back. We really, we really let that one get away from us folks. It's okay. We've, uh. I'd like to say we've advanced as a society, but we nope. know that's not true. <laughs> that's not true at all. That's not true at all. Hey, Bob Diamond's not in these comics, Adam. What are we ranking today? <laughs> we've well, spent the- five minutes on this bit. There are people who hate our bits, and they are so furious. 
this is this is not a bit. This is more of an introduction. Um, so to a character are, who does not appear in this we, comic, we do know what the theme of the week is, and we're going to start with Uncanny X Men one hundred and twenty two. Uh, who requested this, Zach? Oh, this was a request by Robert. Robert. Uh, Robert very very smoothly realized that we have not covered this issue, uh, even though we've covered nearly everything from the Claremont Cockerham Ovoir. In the Claremont Burn of War. Yeah, so this is right before uh, the arcade arc, uh, 123, 124, I think. Yep. Those two issues. Um, and this is this is kind of one of those in-between, lots of characters going in different places, doing different things, going on little side adventures. And um, so it's called Cry for the Children, and we'll get into why in a second. But... We start with Colossus doing a strength test in the danger room and not doing so well. This scene rules. Colossus is in the danger room and the danger room just has big old spike walls that he has to hold apart. (laughs) Yeah. Charles, why? I mean, you know. Why is here? Yeah, it's, it's, it's for the children. Um... So this this 18 year old (laughs) Russian farm boy you picked up, you thought, you know what he needs? Some hydraulic spiky walls with no safeties because Colossus. Oh, go ahead. In Charles's defense, the spikes only appear on the cover. And once you get inside, they're, they're just flat panels. So there's, there's still a very high likelihood that he is going to get steamrolled or smushed in this contraption. And he's not, he's not being able to do it. He's, he's going through some stuff. Uh, he's, he's, he's sad. He misses his family. He misses, you know, mother Russia and Wolverine has a great answer for this. (laughs) Wolverine stabs the controls so that Cyclops can't turn them off, walks down between the crushy walls, Lights a cigarette and says, hey, Petey, uh, you got to do this or else we're both going to die. <laughs> so come That's on, great. buddy. I do yep. love Wolverine's motivational speech here. It's so good. <laughs> it's so fun. It fits with the character. And I like this scene because it sets up a lot of good stuff for Piotr. It's huh. like the next arc is about him becoming the proletarian, <laughs> right. uh, which has got to come back. Got to come. Uh, one back. point, and, you got to get those Mario overalls, you know, maybe a movie tie in with the Chris Pratt uh, animated film, you know? I would listen. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think Ike Perlmutter's Marvel Comics is bold enough to have the proletarian come back. Chris Pratt voicing Colossus. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> oh, I had to watch a thing with Chris Pratt in it recently. I didn't. I wasn't happy about it. Was it, it the holiday special? Did you finally I watch did. it? Oh, yeah. We talked about that. I did watch it. I, hey. I felt exactly like I thought I would feel. Yes, but did your kid like it? That's the important part. Uh, no, I watched it after he went to bed. <laughs> you didn't even watch it with him. I was like in a mood where I was like, I don't. You wanted want to watch to... something you knew you were not going to enjoy? I wanted I wanted my mind to not be working for the time, and I have been binge watching Thirty Rock, oh. and Thirty Rock was going to be a little too high concept for me, and I was like, mm. no, nah, I need something that I know is going to be dumb. Yeah, yeah, that's weird fair. choices in that. Just from a overall Marvel Cinematic Universe continuity thing in this comp in this movie, but hey, whatever. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, but yes, some some interesting choices. Chris uh, Pratt, Guardians of the Galaxy, not in this comic. Th- no, no, no. Um, so another part of this scene that I really love is that Cyclops comes in with a toolkit and <laughs> tells Wolverine he has to fix everything, which is like, it's so funny that you're just going to fix the danger room with like a hammer and nails. Um, it's, it's clearly he does like, say, and Wolverine, you now have to rewire all of this. <laughs> right. Thank you for stabbing my machine. I was using that. Yeah. This is community property. You can't just break it. Uh, so this is also the time uh, Professor X is off in space. Cyclops is dating Colleen Wing. 
kind of dating Colleen Wing. It's a whole thing because they met up uh, after the submergence of Japan arc Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or during that. Uh, They fly back and they're kind of flirting. Here's the thing is that Colleen's best friend is Misty Knight, whose roommate is Jean. Complicated. It doesn't go anywhere. And it's one of those, like, I understand that we immediately get Dark Phoenix after this. So, like, it has to, we got the better version of what could have happened. Mm -hmm. It wasn't going to be better than, and then we do Dark Phoenix. Uh, but I, I would like to see that. Like at one point, I like the idea of Cyclops and Colleen Wing having like this weird, they go on a couple of dates, but Cyclops has to get over the fact that, you know, he's jeans forever. And (laughs) Colleen's like tries to make it work. And she's like, and he, and Cyclops is like, they're trying. And then it's just, it all falls apart. Yep. Uh, Jean, speaking of Jean, Jean bumps into Jason Wingard on, uh, her way back to Angus McWhorter's dock to go back to Moyer Island. This is the first appearance of Jason Wingard as Jason Wingard and not just mastermind. That is correct. And then, um, we also then move on to the, the focus of most of the story, which involves Storm going back to her parents' apartment where she was spent her early years. Um, yeah, because people, people forget Storm was born in America. She was born in Harlem right. mm-hmm. to an American journalist and her mom who has all of the complicated stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then they moved to Cairo, and then there was a bombing, and then Storm eventually found her way to Kenya. It's uh This turns into a PSA comic a little bit. It kind of does. Right? But it doesn't turn into the PSA comic you expect it to turn into for no, like it's... 90% of it, actually. Yeah, it's, it's really strange. Um, so, uh, you know... Storm goes back to the apartment. The apartment is essentially... It is, ni- it is late 70s Harlem. Like, historically, right. an Not a impoverished time. area that did have high crime rates. Yes. Uh, she walks into the apartment, and it's basically like uh, a drug it's a flop den. House. It's everyone's, a flop house. Yeah, everyone there is They're all doing heroin. heroin. Uh, they are not happy to see this well-dressed woman with the white hair walk into their turf. Um they try and attack her. She obviously... has anyone ever drawn a knife on storm and had it go well for them. <laughs> I'm impressed the the one, the, the, the blonde white kid actually manages to slice open her hand. And I was like, Whoa, that's okay. You know, that normally doesn't happen. Um, storm then of course, you know, unleashes hurricane strength winds against all these people. Um, and just as another of these kids is going to stab her in the back with a knife, who shows up? Luke Cage. Luke Cage! I love Luke Cage. Luke Cage rules. Uh, yeah. And I I really like Luke Cage's characterization here. Like, Chris Claremont, who had been writing the Power Man and Iron Fist series uh, for some time, like, he was very familiar with these characters. He liked Luke Cage and uh, Danny Rand, who doesn't appear here. He really liked Misty Knight and Colleen Wing. Uh, Misty shows up with Luke mm-hmm. uh, and they kind of just talk about the situation because Storm's like, this sucks. Why? Why is no one helping these people? And Luke Cage, like, actually gives a very progressive answer about it. It's not just, oh, drugs are bad and drugs will ruin it. He's like, yeah, the government left these people behind. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he also does something you don't often hear in comics, which is the admission that the superheroes can be Galactus, but they cannot solve like the society's ails. So, you know, he says, well, like, you know, we'll, we'll call the cops. We'll let them know these guys are here, um, which is an interesting choice, Luke Cage, but, um, they, you know, d- listen, it's an honest, they did try and do a murder. Mm. I don't, they did, I don't, they did all Luke try and Cage- kill storm. If Luke Cage walked into a drug den, I don't think he would immediately call the cops. When they do try and murder someone, I feel like he's like, 
you've tied my hands here. <laughs> right, right. Um, so the issue ends with Colleen Wing giving uh, Scott the key to her apartment. And then we get this little prologue at the end where Black Tom, Cassidy, and Juggernaut are hiring Arcade to go after the X-Men. And that leads directly into the next arc. So um, it's mainly an in-between issue, but... It's a good it's- in-between issue. A lot of great I character really like work. this. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is quality X-Men. Um, there's a lot of little, uh, do, you know, sort of like hidden things in the issue. There's a comic book rack at one point where, um, you know, all of the X-Men and Marvel titles are listed. I say all the X-Men titles. There was one X-Men title, Adam. There was um, the one. It was called X-Men. <laughs> right. So Cyclops and Colleen are having, you know, lunch next to X-Men comics. Um, I was looking because I've read dark Phoenix saga. I was looking to see if those were comic books or porno mags, like, oh. <laughs> uh, artist of this issue, John Byrne sneaks into, uh, the dark Phoenix saga, but they're not, they're comic books. Yeah. There is a magazine rack, but I don't think he, he put any, uh, he didn't. I double checked any adult content. Um, he does litter the walls of the flop house with names of other Marvel artists, um, so that's a thing. It know? is. He, he also goes out of his way, uh, to not give anyone names except for kinky Klaus Jensen, uh, which is just right in line with Burns long standing history of homophobia and sucking as a dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unnecessary. Um, so less said about that, the better uh, we're, we should probably try and rank this Zach. We should, because this is this is very much a extended classic X Men backup. Is what mm-hmm. it feels like a pretty good one. I like the I like the Storm and Luke Cage stuff. That's what I think about when I think about this comic. I like this stuff with Colossus, uh, but it's not as good as what's around it. Zach, you have to tell us about the list. Oh shoot, we have a list. I. Guys, we're off this episode. I don't no, know. No, we're not. We're doing fine. We are having an awesome episode. Um, I'm usually the one that skips over the list part. You know, I'm usually That's trampling. True. So our list of 717 X-Men stories on our road to 800. Wow. Uh, where we're ranking every X-Men story from best to worst. The number one is House of X Powers of 10. Number 100 is Giant Size X-Men number one. Really? That's oh, not a gun. We are, uh, we are pushing... Pushing Giant Size out of the top 100 at some points. That's something. Uh, <laughs> number 200 on this list is Astonishing Tales Mojo World. Number 300 on this list is Astonishing X-Men Unstoppable. Number 400 on this list is the X-Babies miniseries. Uh, number 500 on this list is The Haunting of Castle Doom from X-Force 63 and 64. Number 600 on this list is Star Trek The Next Generation slash X-Men Second Content. <laughs> number 700 on this list is Extreme X-Men Storm the Arena. The Draco is at 717. As frankly, guys, it's just, they're going to have to make some really bad comics for the Draco to lose its spot. Never um, going to happen. It, I, is this a top this, 100 story? Because no, it's not. I, I, don't, I don't think it is. I mean, we have the next arc at 27. We have a bunch of stuff in the 30s um, from this run. And This is like, this is the last story before X-Men starts to just get really just starts to become the best comics. Yeah. Cause it goes into that arcade arc that rules mm-hmm. with the proletarian. It goes yeah. into Proteus and then the dark Phoenix saga and then days of future past. And then also right at that time it's God loves man kills. So this does suffer from the fact that X-Men is about to get so much better than this. And this just isn't there yet. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This isn't a top 100. I don't know if it's top 200. Is it better than Astonishing Tales Mojo World? Maybe. I think I think it is. You know, um, I'm just looking at what's around here. And I think, you know, this this is like truly classic X-Men. So, um, yeah, this is better than that arc of Wolverine and the X-Men where Kitty Pride gets pregnant with the brood. Yeah, I'm I'm just working my way up the list. I think this is probably better at, than at 172, the Leprechauns of Cassidy Keep, um, which um, is uncanny 101 to 103. 
Ooh, I'd argue that, I think. Okay. All right. Because you got to remember, 101 does start out with, hear me, X-Men, no longer am I the woman you once knew. I am fire and life incarnate now and forever. I am Phoenix. Oh, that's true. That's how that opens. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Uh, Kitty's fairy tale is at 178. Mm. That's Uncanny X-Men 153. And actually, Wanted Wolverine Dead or Alive is at 179, which is the two stories right before this when they're in Canada. I think both of those are better than this. How I do you have, feel about it? You have, oh, I I have it highlighted, but that's on accident. <laughs> Cable, Blood, and Metal at 180. Yeah, and then above that is X-Men Black, uh, the Apocalypse backups, which I think this is better than that. I think this is better than both of those things. Yeah. I just didn't want to put it directly under the stories that come right before it, but that's uh, where it does go. That's exactly where we're going to put it. So this is our new 180 on Kenny X-Men 180. 122 Cry for the Children. Um, Don't do drugs, next? kids. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go on this comic side because um, this comic doesn't say don't do drugs. It says don't do heroin. I'm going to say that <laughs> I'm going to say that Chris Claremont historically heroin's not a not not a fun one. Uh, no, no one should be doing that. Come on, don't do don't do heroin, folks. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Dazzler, who is probably the X Men protagonist most likely to have done heroin <laughs> jesus christ just like once i sure hope not but you never know right uh dazzler dazzler lived a seedy life as you know well folks uh there is a ton of x content in these dazzler issues we're going to talk about this is dazzler volume one 22 23 and 24 we're talking Angel. We're talking uh, Sisterhood of Evil Mutants, Rogue Mystique, and Destiny. Uh, Destiny. We've uh, you know the heroes for hire are here. Heroes for hire are here, and uh, man, uh, Mortis is here. here. You know Lois London. The, <laughs> yes, the one day Mortis will be in here. Oh. We also have Blaze. Uh, arsonist for hire. No, no. Blaze is a better name than his real name. Wait, what's his real name? His name's Flame. His his name's Flame. Oh, that's dumb. (laughs) It's a terrible name. Well, he's a very dumb character. Uh, So, you know, well, what's going on with, uh, with Dazzler? She's trying to, well, this is, this is Danny Fingeroth and Frank Springer. Dazzler. Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. I just here's the thing, folks. You knew that 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 X Men story was Claremont Burn, right? Like, I think I we just, said. Did we say that? We did. We did not actually explicitly say that, but like, we have certain expectations of our listeners, and this is not a gatekeeping thing. It's just understanding <laughs> our audience. There are so many great podcasts that are entry level X Men podcasts, and I love and support them. But I can't do that in my life. I'm a, I'm talking to my friend Adam, and I gotta assume you know the Claremont Burns stuff. I, I think our listeners do. Um, they may not know that at the beginning of Dazzler 22, Angel is going to get attacked by robot hawks. <laughs> Laughed so hard at this. Was That's great. Really funny. <laughs> Opened it up immediately. Warren Worthington the third is getting attacked by hawks. We don't know they're robots. Right. He's just getting attacked by hawks. And he I'm like, beats one with dang a it, I want to read all of Dazzler now. <laughs> this these rules. Are, these are really enjoyable issues, honestly. He beats one of the hawks with a trash can lid. It's ridiculous. <sighs> this is a good comic, actually. Yeah. Uh, Dazzler, or Warren has been hitting on Dazzler and trying to hook up with her. Warren very explicitly in this comic, still dating Candy Southern. And Dazzler, very explicitly, is dating the lawyer who we said alternately looked like either Weird Al or Ronald McDonald. And then yes. Ken Barnett. Were you also shocked to see him come back? Because I was <laughs> delighted. I was like, it's that guy. It's that guy with the red hair. He looks uh, like he's 50. Maybe we. <laughs> Maybe we should have paid attention to Dazzler more. You know who else looks like she's 50 is Rogue, Child Rogue, uh, with her, her, you know, 
instead of single stripe, she's she's got the double skunk stripes a la Reed Richards. They you know what? I Rogue is interesting here because they kind of get her like she's kind of right in these comics. Oh, the character? Yeah. Like the accent's a little much. In well, because this is a Danny Fingeroth comic and not I a mean, Chris Claremont comic. Over here. <laughs> like it's. <laughs> they don't, they don't have the sugar, right? No, yet, not, not yet. Rogue friggin' hates Dazzler. Well, and the, the reasoning behind this attack seems kind of silly. The, the idea here is that they want to get at the X-Men through Angel, but they know that Dazzler and Angel or Angel's interested in Dazzler. So if you go after Dazzler, Angel will come and rescue him, and then they can get Angel because their hawks didn't work. And then they'll have... Oh, Mystique, Mystique and Destiny sent the robot hawks. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, poor Dazzler is just trying to record her new hit single with this new uh, hit producer. And, um, it, you know, this is going to lead to some some arson. Some Well, the arson comes later. but uh, The arson the, comes later. Um, we we do get that great scene where Mystique in, uh, impersonates Candy Southern in a. In her we'll get there. 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 It's fun. There's folks. The Dazzler content to this Dazzler is honestly like she is a vehicle for the rest of this story, which is Warren Worthington the third's doing some dumb stuff. Mystique and Destiny and Rogue are doing some wild stuff. Also, the heroes for hire are incredibly bad at their job uh, in this comic book. <laughs> They are just the worst because Dazzler's Dazzler's having a time. Uh, She is not gelling with her new producer who is. I mean, I've never done like professional recording, but I know enough about stuff to be dangerous. Seems like her producer's just doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. He may be a little picky, but, you know, he's he has faith in her as an artist and wants her to. Yeah, he seems like he's being really supportive and just saying, guys. Your studio is paying for my time and my expertise. I'm really trying to help you have the most success possible. I think I think Dazzler realizes that that's the truth because you know yeah. later on when he asks her out, she says yes, even though she's still dating Barnett. Listen, Allie can do what she wants. Romance comic. That's all we got going on here, right? Uh, and you know the romance between Mystique and Destiny is not super present in this one. Beyond the fact that they're definitely raising a child together. Right. I guess there's that. Yeah. But they, yeah, they go after, they go after Warren, who again, is not actually a member of the X-Men at this point. No, he just knows them. It's like, these are just my friends. <laughs> and not even all of them. Really, Scott's my friend. I don't like anybody else on the team. <laughs> but they go after him. And there's this beautiful sequence and Adam you alluded to it where Candy Southern shows up and she's like Warren how could you and then Candy Southern knees Warren right in the balls and starts <laughs> laughing and says ha ha gotcha and it's mystique <laughs> it's the funniest it's like I I should have expected it I don't know what I was thinking it's great supervillain stuff rogue throws a tree at them they have a helicopter uh, it's just, it's, it's bananas. So, um, they Terrorist are terrorist rogue is so weird. Cause she only has one appearance in X-Men before like as terrorist rogue, she's in one. And then it's Avengers, this dazzler arc, Rom space Knight, And like one other thing. Yep. You're just, you know, expected to know she needs a redemption arc. Uh, dazzler does manage to take them out and, uh, goes back to her normal life. Unfortunately, there's this dumb flame guy who is a professional arsonist on a silent motorcycle uh, who sets first her apartment on fire, which is not cool, um, and then tries to set um, the, the recording studio, studio yeah. on fire as revenge. Um, it turns out that she's actually he's actually been hired not by a supervillain, but a, a <laughs> the, the super of the building. <laughs> The yeah, landlord. It, he's just completely unrelated to the other the other super villain activities here. He's an arsonist for hire, and then when his first arson went bad, now he's just out for revenge. Yeah. Flame sucks. 
Flame is the worst. So uh, this is where the heroes for hire come into play. So Dazzler calls up uh, Luke and Danny and asks them, hey, you know, we need some extra protection. They they do not. I mean, they're terrible at their job. They're on this not one. doing it. They, they eventually have to fight Rogue off. Um, and then they sit around and do nothing. Yeah. Often. It's yeah. so weird. Did Danny Fingeroth just hate Luke Cage? I don't know. What I do love is that when they do fight Rogue, the way that they get Rogue to go away is basically Dazzler's like, um, yeah, just just so you know, the X-Men are dead. <laughs> so you don't need to bother us anymore. In continuity, they were up <clears throat> doing rude stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's just such a funny way to end. Like the page starts with Luke Cage punching Rogue, and the the page ends with her like going, "Oh, okay, I sorry, we'll just Fossil. go home." Dazzler, I don't really like you right now because I'm I'm mad about this because I'm petty, but also Sugar, we don't have to fight because Mystique and Destiny have already kind of said, "Rogue, we're done with this plot. We don't need yeah. to do it anymore." Yeah, they crashed our helicopter. Well, let's go home. <laughs> Rogue, however, gets one of the best comic panels I've ever seen in this arc where uh, she grabs a bowl of walnuts and crushes them in her hand and says, I love walnuts. That's the whole panel. I love it. I really need somebody to who's writing X-Men now. Pick this back up. Pick up Rogue's love for walnuts. Uh Please, it, it, it's necessary. Rogue, Rogue, who is currently not appearing in X-Men, is currently appearing in Captain Marvel, where Kelly Thompson is the only person who remembers or cares about the Kelly Thompson plot where Rogue could absorb people's powers just like as an energy field instead yeah, she's... of doing her iconic Rogue thing. Yeah, Rogue is dead right now, actually. Um, and I don't think most movie. people know that, that she got turned into a, a brood and then died. Um, I just read that today, actually. So, um, it, Listen, listen, even in the comic, like, Gamus, like, I don't want to resurrect her. And then she's, like, too far. And it's like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we'll, okay. get her, we'll get her resurrected. Ugh. Yeah. Um. There is another page that I really, really like that I want to highlight that um, Rogue and Dazzler are fighting inside of music notes, which I think is really cool. Um, I love the concept. I don't think the execution works the way it should. No, but it's a fun it's a fun page. You know, it's a it's all right. Frank Springer's not like my favorite artist. He does. He does perfectly serviceable. I've got to be. Do, it's the early 80s, so I've got to be doing like John Byrne looking yeah. comics art stuff. Yeah, I, I just like it. I think it's it's something a little bit different. And uh, this is yet another arc of Dazzler that I was like, I like this book. This has got some fun stuff. Are you also like kind of feeling like, do I just need to read Dazzler? Yeah. <laughs> do I actually have to read Dazzler? Because I'm like, Maybe. I've been avoiding it. Yeah. And I've minimum enjoyed all of the Dazzler solo series stuff that I've read. Yeah. I don't know if it's good. I have not enjoyed Dazzler in the movie, but I've enjoyed the Dazzler solo stuff. I would agree. So, um, the, there's some stuff with Dazzler finding her sister in this, but it doesn't go anywhere. I say that we've enjoyed Dazzler. The highest ranked Dazzler that we have on our list is down at 480, which is Dazzler 13. Is that the one where Dazzler becomes the Herald of Galactus? No, no that's, that's, that's the Dazzler at... prison one. This is better than the prison one. Yeah, I, I would agree. This is better than the prison one. So we know it's pretty we're, darn. Cl- we're we're in the right area, though. Yeah, we're in the four hundreds. Um, uh, um, this that, is that. is this better or worse than Marvel Team Up eighty nine? Which is at that's the Nightcrawler one. Oh, I think this is better than that. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. I'm looking around at what's. I think this is oh. more fun than Curl School for Heck at four thirty three. Here's what I'd say. Oh, 427 is Marvel Team Up 89. 417 is ROM Space Knights 1718 Hybrid. I think the ROM Space Knights better than this. Yeah, I think the um the Nightcrawler issue of Saga of Crystal Crystal Warrior might be better than this too at 422. This is <sighs> What do you think? Adam, do you actually think this is better than Bishop's Crossing? 
Oh, that's tough. This is a lot. I would of fun. say, I would say, let's put it between Bishop's Crossing and Timebreakers because right. Bishop's Crossing does have that Wills Portacio. That is great. So this is going to be our new four hundred and twenty-six Dazzler twenty-one to. 22 no, to 24. 22 to 24. Sorry. All right. We got well, one I get it because it's about Dasser's sister also. Oh, what a good pun that they did there. <laughs> Drop my phone. Oh. You're going to have to edit that out. Oh, I will. What? I believe you. You know I know how to edit things out. No, I don't. I never listen to our podcast. Ever. <laughs> I think you're great. I'm sure it's good. I have no com- I've have no, no idea how, whether I'm doing a good job. Or not. I lived it. <laughs> I had to listen to our first 200 episodes. Oh, my God. Uh, I, you would uh, not yeah. believe the number of ums and sniffles that I edit out on an and on a weekly basis. It's it's that's why people like the podcast better. Now that's, it's just, edit those it's out. a nice, you know, it's a nice, uh, clean feel. Uh, well, uh, we look got, at you, we Mr. Got. Record producer. I'm all clean and I oh, got those good it. weight for. I'm just like that guy in, in the Dazzler issue. You're you know? just I'm trying like to make Dazzler's... us be the best we can be. Yeah. No, I, like I resisted album. pitch shifting my voice last week when people thought I was Ben Percy with my cold. So no, that was good. You, I'm glad you kept that. <laughs> All right, we got one story left. This is uh, from Uncanny X Men First Class. What the heck is this? Okay, because we had to have this conversation off screen, uh, off air. The listeners sure might not all know. Knew. Well, no, the, I assume if Adam doesn't know, then I have to explain it to the listeners. Like if Adam does know, maybe I do have to explain it to the listeners. Maybe I don't. The John Byrne, Chris Claremont issue scenario, for example. If Adam doesn't know, that's my barometer for no one knows about this except for you, Zach. What are you doing? <laughs> um, this is Uncanny X-Men First Class. It's a 2009 series. Uh, X-Men First Class had been a fairly popular series uh, for what it was. Uh, and those were stories set in the 60s in the Silver Age. Uh, that like just were dancing between the raindrops kind of things. Uh, Uncanny X-Men first class was that, but for the comics, everyone knows and likes already set between the Phoenix saga. And when Gene thinks all the X-Men are dead and they go on their road trip through the savage land and all that stuff. Yeah. So we are covering uncanny X-Men first class number four, Written by Scott Gary and drawn by Dave Williams and Scott Koblish. Yeah, Adam, uh, do you had you read any Scott Gary comics or is it Not Gary familiar. or Gray? Not familiar. Yeah. And uh, oh, Gray, Gray, sorry. And it is Scott Gray. Did you tell me off air this this uh, fellow works on Doctor Who or something? Mostly, mostly a Doctor Who person. Yeah. Like, but for. My understanding is it's for the supplemental Doctor Who material, not Got for it. the primary, like, doesn't work on the show Doctor Who about the Doctor Who. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm not impressed with Scott Gary's work uh, based on this. Did apparently do a comic called Fing Fang 4 Returns about the Fing Fang 4. That sounds fun. Uh these are monsters led by Fing Fang Foom. Yeah, I can get down with that. Uh, that sounds great. What is not as great is um, this is like a weird kind of play on a black exploitation flick, and we get Storm returning to Colleen and Misty Knight's apartment with Jean Grey, and they Storm's are going on a date night with her good friend Jean. Yes, and they are attacked by. A woman named Nightshade. Do you know about Nightshade, Adam? I have never seen Nightshade before in my life. One, that is not true. I know for a fact, I have it recorded, that that is not true. Where have we seen her before? Nightshade is mostly a Captain America, uh, or at least started as a Captain America character. Oh, okay. Uh, She was in some, I don't know, early stuff. But where you've seen her before is in Cap Wolf, where she was the uh, oh, she was right. the person turning uh, Captain America into a werewolf. Fun fact: her first appearance is turning Sam Wilson into a werewolf. I love it. I love uh, it. Great, love that. 
Uh, she also tried uh, before Cap Wolf. She did try and force feminize Captain America and a bunch of other and Paladin actually in the Superior Stratagem, where uh, Modam uh, had a cruise ship filled with super villainesses. My goodness, she's busy. Yeah, she did try. She did try and attempt to trans Captain America, which again, nothing against that. I think you should ask if Captain America wants to wants to be a woman first. It's a it's a fair question. And hold on, am I reading this correctly? That Tilda Johnson Nightshade becomes Nighthawk. Okay, so and I was going to get to this. Uh, Tilda Johnson Nightshade becomes a ongoing character. In the truly underappreciated, underread, underrated Nighthawk Volume 2 by David F. Walker and Ramon Villalobos. Uh, It came out in 2016 when Marvel was trying to make so many things happen that weren't going to happen, like Deadpool and the Mercs for Money and the Inhumans and also a bunch of Squadron Supreme characters. Hmm. This is a Nighthawk it's 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 a good Nighthawk story that's about like crime and corruption and ultra violence. Fantastic art from Villalobos. Uh, great job. But then Walker continues her story in Occupy Avengers, the most dated comic book title that's ever existed. I remember uh, when that happened. Yes. Marvel's marketing team did a disservice to David F. Walker, who actually tells Occupy Avengers is actually pretty good. Uh, because David F. Walker is a pretty good writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the Nighthawk from that Nighthawk series joins their team, as does Tilda Johnson as Dr. Nightshade. And then in a weird thing, off-panel and secret, or not even off-panel, but like slightly off-panel in Secret Empire that's not super commented on, uh, that Nighthawk gets killed, and Dr. Nightshade becomes the new Nighthawk. Oh. Okay. And then we threw all that out the window for Jason Aaron trash. <laughs> well, unfortunately, all of that complex backstory is not present here. Um, She's just evil in this one. Just kind of like a, a baddie and in some uh, thigh highs. And um, she does have these fancy collars that she can slap on people that, that allow her to control things like Misty Knight's robotic arm. It's whatever. Yeah. Jean Grey does at one point get all of the powers of the daughter of the Dra- daughters of the dragon and learns how to be a super kung fu girl, a thing that's never come up again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to defeat Nightshade, um, Storm steals a helmet from a shield helicarrier and brings it back to shield Jean's mind so that she can share that information share the like all of that information with or absorb all the information what what is happening here it's a poorly written story she uh, there's a, there's a special helmet in the story ends well hold on so jean gray absorbs the martial arts correct she's she's matrixing yes. it she's i know kung fu yeah she i know kung fu yeah yeah and she she learns this in in enough time for nightshade to unleash a crate full of robots known as the cybernauts and then storm basically comes back big storm uh lots of rain lots of lightning the daughters of the dragon kick the crap out of the robots and storm handles nightshade just basically by they have a punching storm and nightshade have a big conversation about like being black women in America and how they should stick together and their identity and all that. And I feel like that's a weird thing for, I feel like when you write for doctor who you're not allowed to do that. Well, I mean, we, we looked this up. Scott gray. Is it gray? Scott gray. Yeah, he's uh, from New Zealand. From New Zealand. I don't in, think this guy's not American. I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures. He looks like me. Yeah, he looks like you and me. Not an African American. You and me would not write a black exploitation comic. No, and it's it's very weird because um, you know Storm is flashing back to you know growing up with Black Panther and and learning from. Oh, him that part then... sucks. That part sucks more than anything else in this comic, where she's like, 
actually black panther taught me how to defend myself and live on my own and yeah. i'm like shut up no that's not to, right you knew how to do that before that um, no one likes that yeah so uh, you know storm punches nightshade out and then points at her and says true that and it's like that sucks oh too. no 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 that's come on this is not cool um so this is not good it's a bad comic, actually. There is a thing at the end about the Knights of Hycon, which are the big plot of this book, this series. I don't know what's I don't know what to tell you about the Knights of Hycon. Yeah. There's nothing there. If if we seem a little bit like um all over the place in talking about this book, it's because it's not good and and it's not doing a good job telling its story, and it seems like authorial intent uh this is not the right person to be trying a story like this and it's just not good so it's not the right person to be failing at a story like this is the problem yeah that too uh yeah i mean like we wouldn't we wouldn't be harping on it if it was a good story we'd probably be like okay well you know what shame on you don't do that but this is a fun one no this one sucks yeah and uh, you know we have covered other like what was the Jim Ma food uh, Gen X underground special that yeah, has yeah, the, yeah. the black exploitation thing in it. And that's, that's, you know, it's, it's a little weird, that's a, but it's, it's that's more a, successful than what's it's going in, on. Here. It's problematic and interesting. Not, mm. it just sucks guys. Like, yeah, don't do it. Yeah. If so, you're not going to do it good, don't do it. So if every comic uh, could be someone's first, uh, I am not eager to revisit this uncanny first class book again. Um, we have we have read two out of the eight. I will never have to read this book again when, it, <laughs> when it's done. I like the sound of that. So I, ugh, I mean, right off the bat, I think we're definitely in the five hundreds at the at the highest. I mean, where's is, the Leprechaun murder mystery? Oh, um, Curse of the Kalish is at five hundred three. This is worse than Curse of the Kalish, which is the best story. In Uncanny X-Men First Class. Yeah, that, that was much better than this. Um, I'm going... I'm going way I'm lower. going down. Going down. Uh, this going is worse down, than... down. And, uh, I, I think this, this is worse is than... This is worse than Trial of the Juggernaut, like you have highlighted. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Uh, it's worse than Pride and Wisdom at 595. Is it better or worse than Rise of Apocalypse? Rise of Apocalypse is better, isn't it? It sure is. That's that's got some redeeming qualities to it. It's uh, not as good as uh, the Spider-Man Storm and Power Man PSA smokescreen. It's not as good as that one. Hey, that can is... I just a quick aside? When I started seeing fire and smoke in that second issue of Dazzler, I was holding out hope that smokescreen was going to pop up. Smokescreen showing up would have set me <laughs> off to another level. I would have thrown my tablet down and started doing laps around my living room. Adam, oh, I how funny swear to been. you, my friend, I would have lost my mind. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's a good comparison. X-Men Hidden Years 6 and 7 at 633. Also not good. Yeah, like we're in the. I'd rather, Adam. I'm gonna be honest. X Men: The Hidden Years has good candy southern content. Yeah, I'd rather read that she, too. I'd rather John Byrne. John Byrne, piece of trash. Much more talented writer. Yeah, and he's a bad writer. For the I'd most part. I'd rather revisit the Soul Sword trilogy at six fifty. Six fifty eight is X Women. Hmm. X Women is so deeply flawed to its core it's not even not even funny x women is also a much more successful piece of art yeah it's coherent it's coherent it has intentionality it is beautifully drawn man it's we flawed. are we are getting into it all right I, here's what i will say i think this, this is, is worse than x-men the end okay yeah okay. all of x-men the end is at 668 or the first part it's worse than that. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, geez. Ooh, probably better than Wild Thing 4 at 689. A okay. nothing comic. Yeah. Yeah. We found we found our bounds. How do you feel about it compared to Typhoid Fever at 679? A story that technically is an Iron Fist story. 
Yeah, that's also bad. Uh, this is... All right. We have to at least stay. This does have a beginning, a middle, and end. So I think this is better than this. Shatterstar Saga at 682. And, but I don't think it's as good as the Chris Claremont Crimson Pirates at 681. Let's go between those two then, Adam. (laughs) Don't don't read this one, folks. Yes, read the Dazzler one, skip this one, and trust us. Uh, And also, let's thank Robert, because we forgot to mention that Robert was our patron at the start of this episode. No, we didn't. Robert, didn't we? No, we, we said it. You said Robert in in the Robert way. Robert. Robert. Oh, man. But I'm going to be honest. Having a long one already. You're doing great. Keep it going. We're almost done. I'm trucking. I'm going going as fast as I can. If you want to be like Robert, patreon.com slash comicsxf. We've gotten some new patrons recently. Thank you. And you know what? I may start just giving giving new patrons a shout out every once in a while. Uh, So... Tasuka Kari twelve oh three and Matthew McDaniel and JJ McCorvey. Thank you guys. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah. Y'all are great. Everyone else is great too. Uh, but I don't I don't know where to start reading names. I'm sorry, folks. We're starting from here. <laughs> well, we'll we'll do the full list at some point. No, we want it so long. But it'll it's be like bonus you. content, you know? Bonus content. You can hear your name get read if you give us $5. <laughs> I don't freaking know what to say next, Adam. How do I finish this show? What are you doing, buddy? Uh, all right. So, you know, I've pretty much given up on Twitter. Like, I'm still posting Battle of the Atom content, but that's about it. So Bless follow you. me on Instagram. That seems to be the most reliable service at the moment since I've kind of, like, blew up or whatever um and that's about it zach what do you got going on what are we doing next week i also have an instagram if you try and follow me on instagram i'll be very sad please let me have my space yeah that's that's family time amazing pictures of the food i made i made a rack of lamb this week Mm, adam that looked good that rack of of lamb was one of the best things i've ever cooked i was so happy with it i was so happy me and my boss talked about that this morning i was (laughs) I mentioned that I made that and he said, okay, hold on, Zach. Tell me how you made that. I want to hear. Go on. We got to We got to skip business for right now. It's lamb time. <laughs> uh, next week's Christmas. Oh my goodness. That snuck up. Uh, last. It's our Christmas episode because Christmas is on a Sunday, which means Monday is the 26th, which means we're doing our Christmas episode a little early. All right. And guess what? Christmas at the wreck Jenkins household just means that we got to invite our good friends, the Edelman's over to do Chris's miss. That's right. So All right. Doing Christmas miss again, guys. Same thing every year. Love it. We are we are nothing if not consistent. But until then, folks, this has been Bally and we hope you survive the experience. Get it!